Hello, hello, and welcome back to the. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have a plan. Hi, I'm here too this time. I've been here a few times recently, like <laughs> three out of five. This is a deintegration. You've actually been here so many times that I've started like, like when I'm alone, it feels more unique. I'm like, oh, I'm alone today. That's a surprise. Don't worry, everyone. Jordan will be back (laughs) soon. That's cute. But it's fun. It's fun to do it together. It is fun. Uh, So, yeah, welcome back to the Gay Show. We are here together. Demetra and Jordan. And what? Correct. Correct. Jordan is all, I wish you could see him. He is very propped up on the couch. He looks like he's in perfect meditator position with his... I have a stacked spine and a big soft blanket behind me that my loving wife bought. And also a pillow. Also a pillow. That he just discovered one side is very soft, whereas the other side is very rough. And he thought the whole pillow was very rough, but it is not. I just learned something new. (laughs) Um, So today we're talking about pillows. (laughs) We have a really deep couch. That's why he's so propped up because the couch uh, is, there's no other better way to say it. It's just, it has a very big depth. Deep seat. Which was very preferred because couches that are like, a lot of couches are half this depth. Yep. And then they're terrible. Then you have to sit upright all the time. Kind of like you are now. Which I'm sure is better for your posture, but for lounging and... For lounging, we like this couch because it feels like a big bed. Comfort and cuddling, this is the best We could both lay side by side with how deep it is. We could like spoon and lay on it. Easily. It's great. Anyway, couches, pillows. What was the purpose of today? Oh, today we have a topic. And the topic is how we feel about living where we live, the pros and cons of being this rural, and I think just choosing an area to live in general and what goes into that. And uh, somebody had messaged me and asked if we could expand more on this topic. And it's actually something we've been talking a lot about recently. As you may have heard in our past episodes, uh, in the fall, we were really questioning a lot about like, is this where we want to be? What do we want? Like, it just felt like we suddenly were questioning many different aspects of our lives. And we've been having this conversation a lot recently because we're just a little over two years into uh, living here. And so if you didn't know where we live is a little island off of the west coast of Canada. It's like between Vancouver and Vancouver Island. And it's pretty rural. It's not like crazy rural. It's not like we only have a few hundred people we have electricity. around us. And we have electricity. And um, we did initially buy a home. That was a big project that we'll get into more. But uh, we're on a little island. There's a decent number of people. Sipping milk. <laughs> and... <laughs> uh, Yeah, so we've just been questioning more about, like, why we are choosing this. And and I think I used to have this idea that there would just be a perfect place to live. 
And I think the reality is that every place has pros and cons and it's just like what you want to choose to deal with. And so, uh, yeah, somebody had asked me how we felt about living more rural and I think maybe they could were considering moving more rural. And, uh, so we just thought we'd discuss this topic a little bit together. Indeed. (laughs) I have several things to say to what you just said. Yeah. There's, I've been, I think we probably referenced that we went to a trip to Mexico not too long ago. And it's part like that was tied to this business group that I've been a part of for over a dozen years. And I kid you not, on an annual basis <clears throat> for at least the last several years, there's a somewhere between 150 and 200 members. Every year, a thread gets started of someone being like, hey, you know, me, the wife and kids are looking at moving. Like, what do you guys think is like the perfect place to live for whatever, for expats, for entrepreneurs, for blah, blah, blah. And yeah, every thread ends up in the same place of like every and place. Wait, has... I should just say, this is a group of guys who like could live anywhere. Yeah. Like they could pretty much afford to be anywhere they want. Totally. Yeah. Very high freedom, flexibility, autonomy, income. Um, yeah. And so that's what it comes down to. So it's like, Personal preference, every place has pros and cons, no matter what level of life you have. It's just like, there's no perfect spot. And like, you know, they usually, most people in this group tend to settle on, there are two or three main places where, okay, we do this season here, these seasons here. And yeah, it's like what your personal values are and what you optimize for based on your geography. So they change location during the year. They do. Not all of them. Some of them because their values are more about, you know, groundedness, stability. All of our kids are in elementary, high school, whatever. Their friends are here. We just stay put for 20 years. But yeah, it always comes back to this place of like, there's no perfect spot. Every place has, yeah. And just like career choices, just like partners, except us. I found a perfect partner. It's like, there's going to be... You know, costs and benefits. I feel like I found a perfect partner. I'll just say, I, everyone's like, there is no perfect relationship. I, I feel like I feel like I'm I'm highly <laughs> perfect for you, and I'm still human who is totally neurotic. We individually sometimes. have our own individual exactly. neurotic things, but I feel like I just I, yeah, I love our relationship. Same, <laughs> totally. I just threw that in because that's the thing people say of like you know. Yeah, costs or pros and cons to everything. Or, yeah, sacrifices. You know, like, if I had, if I lived, whatever, in Pennsylvania or South Carolina, like, if I was a, you know, if if you didn't have to move, if, you know, who knows what the... Oh, you're saying that would be more perfect? Potentially. I mean, maybe maybe less for you and more for one of your family members. Right. Anyways. (laughs) Jinx. Um, yeah, pros and cons to rural living. This, well, wait, this wait. Life. So what you were saying, um, you said you had multiple things to say because you were saying about the, the Yeah, that, that was it. The, the annual thread thing and that there's, you know, there's costs or things with like with career, with geography, with relationship. That was one of the other points. We're just like, yeah, every major life decision carries things that we 
do or choose or sacrifice. Well, here's what I want to share is kind of just like the fantasy versus the reality of huh. um, living where we currently are, huh. which is like for me, well, I'll start with, I think, the pros of living where we do because, I mean, you it really comes down so much to what you value. Yeah. What do you right? actually like, care about? What really matters? And I think- that's what we've been questioning most deeply over the last six months or so is just kind of like, are we sure that we valued the things that we thought we valued? And like, in what order kind of do we value them? And uh, so the thing I most love about here, why, why is that? I, I remembered one of the things I was going to say that I had forgotten. What? When Go you, ahead. you said that we originally talked about it in the fall. And as you were saying it, my mind was like, no, we talked about that in like October, November. And I was like, it's February in like <laughs> a day or two. I was like, yeah, that's definitely the fall. And it's been several months since October. I was like, just October to this will come out in February. We're recording this uh, yeah. two days before February. I'm like, man, it's just the last like three or four months have flown. But a lot has happened, right? I totally. wrote that in my recent email, which was just so like, much. it's like the end, like January is over. But so much, and it went really fast, but so much has happened in that amount of time. Yeah. When I look at my, I've been tracking my goals, as you know, and when I look at, like, my goals for January, it's just like, whoa. You had a huge I month. crushed them. Yeah, you did. Oh, <laughs> it was cute. But I did. I crushed all my goals. It's you so totally did. For me to say. So you're about to say, my favorite thing about. Okay, my favorite thing about here is that uh, it's so beautiful. Like. Yeah. It that matters a lot to me. Um, to we live in a where we are just completely surrounded by nature. Yeah. Um, like I'm looking out one of the windows right now, and I can see at least I don't even know how many trees. I couldn't even count them. There's at least like eight big trees that are like like singularly standing out. But then there's a whole mountain with tons of trees. Like there's yeah. just our whole house is completely surrounded by trees and mountains uh, on basically every side. And mm -hmm. it feels, to me, it feels like we're, we're like in the forest, but not in the forest. We're like out in the sun enough, but we constantly see all this green. And especially because we're in the Pacific Northwest, uh, we keep a lot of green year round. And so uh, you can, like I often stand out on our deck in the morning when at sunrise time i don't usually get to see the sunrise this time of year uh because it's so cloudy but i'll go out and get morning light in my eyes and uh i often think like standing there just how unique it is just how special it is that we get to live in this spot because we looked at different houses and different locations. And I think while many houses like have access to nature, like you could say my uh, childhood home in Pennsylvania, like we bordered on a state park, there was nature, but it didn't feel like this, the way that like the, our house where we live now almost feels more like wild nature to me. Like it's, our house in Pennsylvania was sort of like the house and a really big lawn and then like the Pennsylvania forest, which was often, you know, just all brown in the wintertime. 
it just it it wasn't like you weren't nestled in the way we are yeah. in where our house is. This is like we're steeped, like we're surrounded. Yeah, and so it's not and to me it's not just our island, but it's our house specifically. Like it would be really hard for me to let go of this exact location. It's like 2 minutes away from the trails that I love the most to hike. It's it's just it's so beautiful. The yeah. ocean is right there, just a couple minutes away. Um So I would like the pros are largely that the whole island is beautiful in that way. There's so many little farm stands and farms all around and animals. Animals and uh our access to good food is like pretty solid. Again, obviously it's not perfect in the way I would like not everything is perfect, but we have a lot more access than most people to like local grass-fed beef and animals that are raised locally and uh we know how they're raised and uh i think i also like that there's more of a sense of community like i i do like feeling the sense of community that comes with being on a smaller island where we might see the same people over and over again like at the grocery store or wherever and interact with them and build these little relationships over time so <clears throat> there are these things that I love. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I love that there's no chains, like no chain oh. stores. Oh, yeah. Like there is not a Starbucks. There is not a yep. whatever they have in Canada. What's the, they don't, do they, they have Dunkin' Donuts, do they? Uh, that's no, just in the States. What Here, do they have? Your, Tim Hortons. Yeah, Disney yeah, Tim Hortons. But any, yeah, Burger King, McDonald's, any of it. We have zero chains. There's no chains yeah. on our, and it's just, it's nice to like, have local shops and Only. yeah would you add pros to that list of just like the things that we really love totally um yeah i mean like you started with like your favorite and then went into list it's interesting because yeah before you said your favorite i could easily guess that for you but i was like i don't think that's mine like, mm. i have a different favorite what is your favorite? which i think is maybe somewhat um related to you know you had a smaller town that you grew up in compared to i grew up in a you know in vancouver vancouver which is like a, a proper major city at least by canadian standards it's not la it's not new york but it's you know in the top three biggest in canada um yeah i really appreciate the beauty and the nature and all these things and for me before beauty was quiet uh, like because I really, especially in more recent years, um, the noise of Vancouver so grated on me that like I wouldn't go outside without ear enclosing noise canceling headphones or my you know custom huh. fitted earplugs. Like the sound, just like the general static noise of Vancouver. Um, yeah, so you know, just wore on me so much. For me, I think the biggest benefit is like. Just how dead quiet it is at night, especially, but also pretty much throughout the day. The um, road doesn't bother you because we are on a a pretty like uh, frequently trafficked road. Uh, I mean, so, it's heavier when the ferry traffic is happening. I mean, to me, that's kind of it. There's like, yeah, we live on like you know on the major road for this island, and yeah, because it's an island, people get to the island via ferry for the most part, not exclusively. 
Um, yeah, and to me it feels like maybe three times a day I'm aware of, you know, like, what, a six-minute patch of cars driving by? Like, it's quite short and localized. But outside of that, you know, yeah, how it registers, registers to my body is, like, it's pretty dead and yeah. quiet. Like, I feel like I hear eagles, eagles and frogs, depending on the season, I hear more than cars or I register more than cars. Yeah. Yeah, for me, the quiet, just on like a nervous system level, I feel like for me, that's the lead benefit hmm. of being here. And again, the beauty of the nature, the animals, all the those eagles. things, the eagles, ah. all those things totally registered. This morning, we saw two eagles cuddling in the tree. They were so cuddling. And they Jordan were. was like, yeah, he was like, he's like, my love, come here, they're cuddling. And he was like, they're really cuddling. And I looked out and they were crisscrossed. Yeah. Like they were like, their heads like, were inter... They were a couple. They were both standing on the same branch. Like one's facing one direction, the other one's facing the other direction. So yeah, they could like... They are touching. They were like crisscross bodies and like nuzzled up against each other. Which we've seen the eagle couple up there multiple times over the years like that. But yeah, I'd previously only seen them facing the same direction. This is the first time they were like... Yeah, yeah, it just, just like nuzzled right up. <laughs> it was like, cute. oh my goodness. Oh. And I, yeah, I had you look and I was like, it's like they're powerful and cuddly, just like us. Yeah. Look at these powerful eagles just at <laughs> the top of the tree. It was the best. I love them. Yeah, and like, I feel like, you know, in, the, in fall, winter, I hear those, I feel like I hear the eagle or eagles like most mornings. And yeah, there's like the, the frog, the rivet chorus in spring and yeah those things just like compared to just the noise of vancouver is like yeah to me that's one of the starkest contrasts even though the nature is as different you mm-hmm. know when i like lived in vancouver is a, a greener major city there's trees on you know side streets everywhere compared to new york but yeah it's it big. is interesting my home in pennsylvania was quieter than this but uh I also didn't see as much knee, as much like animals as I do here. That makes sense. I guess I guess we saw deer and we occasionally saw a bear. Yeah. But here we just see so many different creatures that mm. it's really nice. And often, like with regularity. The... Yeah, the eagles are really often there. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, to me your your Pennsylvania home registered is like, you know, the backyard is like access to like, you know, some spacious ish nature but the front half is like just cul-de-sac like very yeah, very like residential suburb- what, is, would you call it suburban i don't know if it's yeah uh, totally yeah it, it didn't feel like oh we're nestled in nature no, at all no definitely not <laughs> but this this is so different than that this is like a couple of houses popped up in the middle of yeah, nature the, yeah that is what it feels like which is yeah i have more to say but i feel like i interrupted your list so no do you, okay. that, that's the main one i wanted that's to say it's just like here's my other lead yeah, I was also thinking like uh, when it came to choosing a house, um, because I think and I, if I were now looking for a house again, this is what I would suggest for someone in case you're like having a happening, you happen to be looking at places. It's just it was so important for me to really make a list of what I cared about and then also rule out the things that other people cared about more than me. Yeah. And, or that they said to care about and that you just didn't. Yeah. And um, for me, like something that is super important to me is can I be naked in my own yard? Yeah. Like 
I was telling my mom this and she just thought it was so funny, but it's like very serious to me. It's like if I can't be naked outside in my own yard, then I'm not interested in that house then at all. I, then it's not my yard is what it feels like. Then like. Yeah, it just, it, I just, you know, we can't really be naked in public in most places. Correct. And so it's nice to have somewhere where you can be nude outside and just like be that way and it's not like we're so private here that no one like sometimes people walk into our yard they're delivering something or if you are really looking you might be able to see us from different neighbors but it's real it's mostly it's like if someone were to see me naked it's kind of their fault 100 (laughs) percent. yes so you're really peering into our yard if you're like yeah finding a way to see this and so i just feel like i like that element of privacy is really important to me and that the feeling of space yeah um, and I like here too, like, uh, there are still many places on this island where you can just go for a full naked swim yeah. in public and no one's going to say anything to you. Maybe no one will even see you. And it's encouraged, legal, like totally. Well, I don't know if it's legal in most places. Not, not most places. I'm saying like the like the nude dock. Like there are like this, right. There this, is one. This is a clothing yeah, optional yeah, yeah, place yeah. where it's totally fine. Uh, but like I've gone in the ocean naked, like everywhere, and no one has said anything or stopped me. Like yeah. I just think it's really that is more accepted here, and yes. So I really value that because I find it really enjoyable in the summer and it is very freeing to like I'd love to take our kids for naked ocean swims you know like and when I went to the beach uh there's a beach that's quite um like we only really have one sandy beach and I went to it in the summertime and there were so many little naked babies running around just little kids everyone had their kid they're naked like most kids were just naked running and I was like this is more this is it's cute um, so there, like, I was looking for those things. I also learned when we were looking at houses, for better or for worse, I love older homes. Time will tell whether that is a, uh, ongoing decision that we make, uh, if we ever buy another home or whatever. But, um, when we were looking at homes, I just felt like, None of the more modern homes felt like my house. Like, they might be objectively nice or whatever, but they all felt pretty boring to me. And it just didn't feel like me. And there was one house and then this house. There were two homes that felt like... I don't know when that other one was built. Maybe, like, in the 60s. Mm. Uh, That other one that we had liked. It was very similar to this one. This one is better. Uh, but they were similar in style where like they just had a certain element of character to them that it's like, oh, this is like different and it's unique. It has its own kind of energy and its own specialness. And there are some things that are like odd and weird choices, but I feel very at home in it. I like this sort of quirky. I love things that just delight me. And uh, I find that a lot of like just more modernly built things while nice in different ways just didn't give me that same sense of internal delight that uh the older homes did and so 
that was a huge thing about this house for me. It was not only was the outside, like the nature, the yard, just, you know, it had the creek running through the land. That was really special. Um, not only was there all of that outside, but then coming in, it was just like all these tiny little details about the house, like this spiral staircase the man made himself and the weird clay hood vent over the stove. It's like fake clay. I've never seen anything like that in my life. Just like all these little things that's just like, what? The man, the guy did the kitchen, uh, the kitchen counter is, I guess you'd call what? it. Uh, there's like a little stone inlay. Like they like took all these like stones and put them in the surface of the counter themselves. And it's obvious that it's like done by hand. And it's just like, I don't know, that that those things won't necessarily last forever, but uh, just so many different things about the house and the way it's the shape. We enter our house from the back because it was just added on to so many times. The, like, the front door has so many doors and the front <laughs> door has changed so many times. It's just like, it's funny. It's an odd house. Yeah. But I like, I like it. Uh-huh. I have a theory. Go ahead. Yeah, I feel like you, you like stories, you like aging, you like nature. I feel like the older a house is, like it just, it stacks all these things that you like. Like this house has been here for, you know, 120 years, longer than that. It like, the longer it exists, the more it like, you know, is made of very nature materials in its actual foundation. Um, and it's just like, it's been here, you know, as long as many of the huge trees around it, like, it's just like, this is a fixture. Whereas, you know, a totally new modern Ikea ish house is, you know, often like quite devoid of nature and very just like no stories, no history, no age, just like this perfect sanitized, you know, Botoxed house. Yeah. Um, and yeah, an old house is the opposite. It has like just so much in it. Just like, yeah, just infinite mystery and complexity and decisions and lives that have taken place in it It just like has so many things about you that's such a nice way to describe it that is how it feels it's just like a house it's full of so much yeah like think of how many thousands of like hugs have happened in this house from all all the people that have like talked in their kids or like Good night, Lila. I never thought of it in that way that's how i think about it how many hugs have happened in this house so many that's really sweet. And we know that a lot of artists have lived here. And just, yeah, there's like just a Remember lot of... Remember what was the story that one woman told us about how uh, after the one woman got married, she like sat down and like like threw, threw up her wedding dress and like sat down on to play the piano and played yeah. and they all sang. And... Yeah. So the house was always full of love and always full of music. Like just music was always coming from this house, like during that yeah. group of people. And yeah, there were some other like you know, locally famous, like, comedians that are, like, actors that lived here. Yeah. yeah, A bunch of, so many layers, generations that have been here. But, yeah, when you go under our house, uh, which is kind of, like, it's a little bit of a spooky place to be. It's just, like... uh, Less so now. Less so now, because we've done a lot of work on it. But, like, at first, it was just, like... It was crazy. It felt (laughs) scary to be down there. We were both pretty scared of it. It was just, like... 
it just felt... There's just so many corners for murderers to hide. <laughs> I just... It's not even murderers. It's just like things are going to explode or like things are like what creatures are just hiding Spiders in the dust. Spiders going to drop on your head. There was so much rat poop everywhere. Yeah. It was just like... It felt... It was rough. Dark and scary. Uh... Now it feels a lot better because we got it sealed and like clean. It just everything. looks it looks better. Yeah. But what I was gonna say is like when you stand under there and you look up, like the planks, like you were saying, like you can the planks. It still it you can tell it's just like pieces of trees that somebody like, like whole trees. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That people like put to make to build the house with. Yeah. And I remember our realtor when he was going through with us, he was like, "Wow, like this board has been here since the house was originally built. Like yeah. this house was just built with like the trees that were probably around this land." Totally. Um, so that kind of thing is really ow. Sorry, my knee cannot go that direction. <laughs> That's the torque. My knee is it has a hard time with torque right now, even though it's gotten a lot better, just the twisting motion. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So uh, th- that quality of... I just... I love the things that older homes bring. Our home was built in 1901. Um so 123 years ago yeah not old by like european standards maybe but pretty old by (laughs) anywhere around here standards yeah um yeah so those are i would say that's like a pretty solid list of the pros i have another yeah the fire oh yeah i really i a lot of my happiest childhood memories are tied to like having a fireplace having a fire to tend to and yeah, living out here, you can't, so living in like, you know, proper city Vancouver, um, you legally cannot have a wood stove or any, you know, actual wood burning fire equivalent at all. Um, but here, you totally can. And so we do. We got the wood stove and in the winters, we use it a bunch and it just always brings joy to my heart and I love it. So that was also a big pro for me living out here yeah is having the having the wood stove fire yeah yeah and like we have friends nearby and we enjoy that so it's kind of like there's all these different factors and then i think it's like what we sort of audit is is just how important are each of these things like there's many things we love how important are they to us and in what dose and in what dose and then um as for cons, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. there are many cons, uh, in sense, I mean, I think there would be about anywhere, but like, uh, some of them are that we have a hospital, but it's not like a, a major hospital at all. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no doctors really on the island. Like there's a couple doctors, but they're totally full of patients. Yeah. Um, I'd say some of the cons are just the inverse of some of the pros. Like, you know, it's it's great that <clears throat> there's there's no chains. And sometimes ever we want, you know You'd like to go to I, a I, chain. <laughs> I'd like to yeah, like I totally don't want a Starbucks that's on the island full time. And 
you know, three times a year when I wish I could just not only get, but even Uber Eats. Yeah, we don't have any Uber Eats. No, no delivery services. You know, like Uber Eats or Starbucks, both of those things aren't a thing here. So like, I'm thrilled that it's not here full time and I miss those things ever. Yeah. I have heard you can get your groceries delivered here. Yeah. But and I don't really like having my groceries. Yeah, and like, and again, the the dose makes the poison. Like it being quiet, I love. And a couple times a year, I want more action. And like, you know, wish that there was a full time like stand up comedy place that you know with just like different forms of entertainment. Um. So yeah, there's. Oh, and there's one more pro. I'm jumping order, uh-huh. but yeah, when you said the community thing, um, for me tied into the community piece is just like. Yeah, it's like a high trust culture. Uh, like there's so much trust in so many of the things that just appear day to day that would never happen in Vancouver. Yeah. And I really appreciate that because there's just, okay, like, you know, the, the erosion of trust, the sense of community that is here versus a major city is night and day difference. You mean things like people not locking their car doors and not locking their car doors, not locking their house doors. The num- you know, the majority, if not close to all of the shops and um, like farm stands that have, hey, here's right. the product, just take it, put some cash in this box. You know, some of them have security cameras that you know presumably work. Many of them don't. You know, we bought. Uh, I wrote an email about this to my list many months in this last summer, but like. We bought $104 worth of popsicles yeah. from a popsicle stand. Which, you know, it was 52 popsicles, $2 each. It's like, here's a huge chest freezer. Pick whatever ones you want. We're trusting you to count it. Drop the exact amount of cash into this box. We trust you to do that. Like, just those kinds of things yeah. that maybe would sound very normal and commonplace to, you know, a listener who's uh, grown up in a smaller town than me. But, like, those things are super not in Vancouver. But do you think, you know what else I think about that is, like, it's almost like a place that's kind of holding on to these older ways of living. Yep. Because, like, I would imagine that most of our parents had that sort of experience. I don't know if if parents who lived in cities would have had the same experience, but, like... They would have had some <clears throat> of that, probably. Yeah, like, I just yeah. know that, like, my parents growing up, I'm sure everyone was like that. No one's locking the doors. You know, there's a yeah. lot of trust totally around um so i feel like there's still a lot of that in like so many of those decisions that i see around the island and i always appreciate them yeah yeah and i have had that with many people and you're right even the littlest things like i have bought things at farm stands before like at the farmer's market and i didn't have uh the cash or like uh, I was buying something from someone and they wanted me to e-transfer them which is like a thing Canadians do that's like Venmo and uh my I didn't have service where I was and they were just like oh just like send me send it to me later and like 2 days might go by cuz I forgot and like you know it's just like there is that trust yeah it does make a difference to just feel like trusted by your community yeah versus in the city where they're you know to a large extent, can be kind of the opposite since it's just like everyone's trying to fuck you and like you got to have your back and watch out and just which is sometimes true. Like totally, yeah, yeah. But yeah I think yeah. The, the the percentage of bad actors in a small community where like you see so many familiar faces on a regular basis, yeah. like I think there's yeah, you can't like people just can't hide or get away with stuff without being blacklisted if you are someone who like you know if you piss off a dozen of the wrong people, your reputation can like 
yeah. being the can quickly, and so you just don't mess around. I've seen people talk about dating on this island that, like, it's impossible. I mean, I don't know how much they're just complaining, but, like, people who are just say that it's impossible to find someone single who isn't connected to, like, someone they know in some way. Like, everyone has, they're just connected to the community. That makes sense. Um, so that could be a negative for certain people in, in some ways. I think the a big thing for me, I would say a couple of big things that are definitely negatives are like the thing I said, we were talking about the chains and whatever. We can go to those places. Like you can um, go to a Walmart or whatever, go see a specialist or But all of these things require trips off the island. And so you have to take a ferry, usually, unless you're going to take a seaplane. But it's it kind of takes up, like, at least half of your day, if not the whole day. And for me, usually if I do that, even if it's only half a day, I'm tired. And so it's just like, it does kind of feel like it eats a whole day just to go to one appointment or, like, go... Uh, get this book from this store that they, like, can't deliver to me, that it just has it there. Like, whatever it is, um, I have to go there. And so things become a bigger deal. Like, I've been – I was supposed to get an ultrasound on my shoulder. They can't do ultrasounds at this hospital. So it's just, like, I haven't even done it yet. It's been, like, two months now because I just don't – like, I don't want to take a whole day – like it's not bothering me that much, you know, to have to to go off island and figure all that out and take a whole day. Whereas if we were in Vancouver or whatever, I could just go do it. Like it wouldn't yeah. be hard. Um, so that's a major factor. Uh, and I think just the the general feeling of like there not being as much. There's a lot to do nature wise. But, like, as for more modern types of things to do, there aren't many. Um, There's not a big variety. Like, when we go visit my family in South Carolina, we're suddenly, like, in Myrtle Beach where there's tons and tons and tons of options of restaurants and things to do, places to go. Like, all this stuff, all these people, all this activity. Here, there's not as much variety, as much choice. And then I would say uh, our house our house is just this, uh, you know, Project. it has so many things that we love as we've talked about. And, uh, it's been an endless project that really has no end in sight in some ways. Uh, there are some very big things that, um, like we, we bought a house without a septic system, without clean water. We did, we, f- we got clean water and we figured out the toilet situation uh, but there's still many factors about the house. Like, I think, I I just feel like if I were to buy another house, there's now so many more things I would know to look at. Like, I would consider, like, the ventilation and the gray water and where exactly does it go? Yeah. And how are the windows and are they sealed properly? And, you know, just like... How do all the things in the house work? Whereas when we were looking at houses, I just was a lot more naive and I just was kind of approaching everything with like, well, this is the house, so I'll just fix, we'll just fix whatever it is. Having this sort of like young optimism of like anything can be fixed, it just doesn't matter. Like, we'll just fix it. 
uh, which, which sometimes some, you need. <laughs> which has some validity. Yeah, There's it does. And like, I mean, it did work out in certain ways, right? Like the water could have been a really bad situation, but it ended up a great situation. We have great water. Um, so like there are certain certain ways that that's a beneficial attitude and other ways in which it's like there have definitely been many days where I've just been like, was this whole thing just a really stupid decision? And just, like, did we not think it through and we didn't make a good choice? And, like, uh, we put so much money into this house and it still feels like, uh, like, in some ways it feels like we haven't. Because, like, there's so many, like, the house, uh, we put all this ventilation in recently and then they put whole big holes in the drywall. So we just covered them up with garbage bags for now because we didn't want to go fix the drywall and then like paint over it. Like there's just many different things in the house that it's like each time we want to do something that would make it like more aesthetically pleasing. This doesn't bother you as much as me. <laughs> Every time we go to, I feel like every time I'm ready to do something that would make it more aesthetically pleasing, we have to do something else and spend a bunch of money on something else that, like, doesn't change the aesthetics as much as just, like, make the quality of the house better, like, help help it function better, which is obviously good and more useful, but it just feels like uh, I didn't realize how many things a house needs to functionally work well and so uh that has definitely been frustrating for me is just like uh at the beginning I think I just felt like sure we need water and toilets but like after that there's nothing more that we need and then it was like well we should seal the basement and we should get this ventilation put in and then like do we need to replace all the windows I don't know and uh when is our deck gonna just rot through and do we need a new deck like there's just uh not all these things are that urgent but in my head and Jordan doesn't seem to sit with this list in the same way as me but like it does stress me out to just know that like there's a good like 20 more things on the list and I'm sure things that I don't even know about yet that need to be fixed so I'm just trying to share the reality of what it feels like for me. Because totally. um, there are, there definitely, to be very honest, like there have been quite a few days, not most days, but like quite a few days where I've just been like, this stupid house. Like, is it just, is this just, this is going to take forever? Is it ever going to be the way that I want it? Is it going to take us like 20 years to get to a good solid like okay now we've like fixed all of the things uh so that would be jordan's <laughs> laughing <laughs> so cute. Uh, i know that you're not quite the same as me but that, that's, okay. that's how i feel totally i get it i believe you because there are some days where I'm like, can't I just have a modern house where all the things are new and nice and they just work and you don't even have to think about them. You never have to think about your toys. You just flush the toilet and it just works. It goes into the city water. So you don't even have to pump your septic tank or if you had one. You just like do it and never think about it again. And like that would be easier. But 
then you miss out on the the pros of that particular thing. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, something I'll share to that is I feel like over this is this is closer to like three three years ago, there was a point in our shared city life in Vancouver where I feel like, you know, within reason I'd kind of taken uh, outsourcing and like certain optimization of life to like, you know, the nth degree of like, okay, like, our, you know, we're getting our, all our meals, cooked. all our meals are being cooked for us. You know, the house is being cleaned. I get to outsource this, this and this, like I got to really, yeah. Like for me, like, you know, at least the early days entrepreneurial dream is like, you only ever do the highest leverage tasks, tasks of like you stay in your lane. So for me, that's like content creation, coaching, you know, just like you do a couple of things. Everything else is lower leverage, outsource everything else. And, you know, I got to that place and found, oh, it's actually kind of like not soulless, but uh, something in my soul, something in my heart suffered from just being a single tasking robot. And the more, you know, for me, there was a pendulum swing in saying yes to this kind of life and like needing to be a bit more of a diversified person. Um, yeah, I feel like we both kind of, you know, my perception is, and you might, you know, agree to some extent. I think you do. Like I think a part of us wanted to like pendulum swing and like just have a harder go for a bit and like learn a bunch of stuff. And yeah. And I was, I was smiling during part of your share because um, yeah, there's definitely like my sense of it is more that like to me it, on a day-to-day -day basis, it feels like compared to how it was when we moved in, when it was just like, you know, the work that needed to be done for it to be functional was so major. It feels to me like we've done a hundred percent of the things that matter. And now everything else is purely aesthetic, which I know is not true, but it's to me, it seems close to true and feels a hundred percent true. Again, I know that we have different, you know, I, I weighed functionality, like, you know, how much of a day-to-day -day headache is this thing versus, okay, the walls are suboptimal. Fine, it's a wall. You know, like, but yeah, Demetra optimizes much more for beauty than I do. Um, hence why it was her number one thing off the top of, you know, benefits of living here. But yeah, to me, I'm just like, oh, like all the big things are done and now we're just coasting and everything else can like happen at its own pace and we're totally set. Oh. But she's like, no, but the paint colors need to be different. I'm like, it's kind we'll of get like, there. We will get there. It's like an Alison Armstrong thing kind of in a sense where it's just like, uh, like for example, I'll confess something to all of you. Oh, the, the juicy secrets. <laughs> when we moved into this house, they... You may have heard us talk about how the old owners composted their poop. And the way that they did that was that they had these compost toilets that emptied into this one big trash bin in the in the basement. Uh, and <laughs> Jordan and I uh, moved. We It was almost overflowing with poop. And we had to move it out from under the basement. We did that together. It was quite a bonding experience as a couple. Uh -huh. And we discovered two other, one other uh, big garbage bins full of poop sitting uh, outside. And because the last man was not mentally well at the end and uh, they were airbnb the house, so the Airbnb guests were not composting properly, it wasn't compost. It was like just poop in these bins. Those bins are still sitting there next to our house 
because still full of the old owner's poop and who knows whose poop. <laughs> and every day I see it more than Jordan because I my park on that side of the house. Yeah. But I often see these bins of shit and I'm like, we still haven't gotten rid of these. They're full of poop. And our landscapers uh, put this, they they stored, there was a tarp in our yard. They like folded it and put it on one, at the top of one of them. And I saw it and I was like, wanted to be like, don't do that. There's poop in there. But why would they ever think to themselves that there might be yeah. poop in there? Hey, that's four-year-old poop. Please and the don't do reason that. that it's still there is because we tried to have someone take it to the dump and they aren't, you're not allowed to dispose of human waste in the dump. So they can't take it to the dump legally. And someone suggested that we have a septic company come and pump out the bins. And so we we also have a whole gray water pit situation where, like, at some point we need to redo the gray water system and, like, pump out this pit of gray water and sort of put a new lid and just figure that out. And so at the time I was like, well, when we figure out the gray water, we'll have someone come and pump out the gray water and pump out these bins and then we can throw them in the dump. And we'll do that at the same time. But then we never did the gray water because it hasn't become a big pressing issue. And we hope it does not. We pray. Uh, And every day I see these bins of shit and I'm just like, it stresses me out. I'm just like, we are successful adults and we still have these bins of poop just sitting there. Yeah. And we can't, like, I could call up a septic company and have them cut, but it's just, like, it's so much effort for really so little reward. But it it's one of those things where it's just, like, mostly, sure, it's just an aesthetic thing. Like, it's not functionally ruining anything. Mm-hmm. But it is, like, why are they there still? So there's there's things like that around the whole house, and there's just, to be honest with you, there's so many of them, but they're little like, there's just so many things about the house. I'm like, one day we'll have to fix that. But it's not a functional, like, it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. But one day it is on the list of things that will need to be handled. So uh, that's a negative. The other negative I would say is, like, just location-wise, even though I love here, I love the beauty of here, uh, we're super far from my family. And that's hard for me. Um, Do you say kitty corner? Kitty corner of the continent. <laughs> sure. Yeah, kitty corner of the whole continent. <laughs> Usually kitty corner is close by. Um, Diagonal. So we've been talking more about that because like, yeah, at the time when we bought the house, it was during COVID and it was just kind of like, are we ever going to be able to travel again anyway? And uh, yeah, I think we've been just revisiting what we've talked about in other episodes, just... Uh, how much that matters and sort of how do we how do we deal with this situation like I would have thought I just wanted to be kind of rooted to one place but now it's like do we split our time between there and here and we are going back there in like a week or two and so the working answer is yes the working yeah. answer is we're just kind of like splitting our time or just spending a lot more time there maybe one day we'll buy a house there like a second house there mm-hmm. um these snowbirds yeah so it's just it's not what I imagined but again i think it's it's sitting with like 
what really matters to me. Like all these different things matter, but in what order do they matter? Yeah. Um, and what, like what might be a priority for me or like maybe what's a more of a priority for other people that I like see them valuing and caring about, but it's actually not as big of a value for me. And what are the highest values in this part of the season that we're in as a couple in our lives? Like, okay, it was true to have, you know, this level of the pendulum swing here. Now we're going to balance it out more. What does it look like when we're, you know, when you get pregnant, when we're bringing kids into our lives? It's just like, okay, like what's, what's the split that we're, yeah, living these different things? Yeah, and I also think, like, we might be able, I think splitting our time allows us to mitigate some of the negatives in the sense of, like, Definitely. another negative I didn't mention is, like, because we are on a road, uh, we don't. In order to just, like, go for a walk from our house, you'd have to walk past cars that are often going pretty fast, which I don't like doing. Like, there's not really – there's not any sort of sidewalk. It doesn't feel safe. Uh, So I could drive 30 seconds down the street to walk in more of, like, a neighborhood kind of feel, or I could drive, like, three minutes down the road and walk on the most beautiful trails, which is, like, really nice. But occasionally, I wish that I could just leave the house and go for a walk and not have to get in the car. Mm. So uh, this time when we're going to Myrtle Beach, I made sure we're going to stay for a bit over a month. And I made sure to rent a place that had that ability where we can, like, walk to the beach and we can walk to places. Yeah. Because that sort of, at least for the time being, it's like, okay, I can have that. Um, Which is very what our Vancouver life was like. We could walk to close to everything. Yeah, and that is really the nice thing about being in a city. You you do end up walking more. Yep. Um, for the most part. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I would say. Is there anything we did not touch on? The pros and cons. Yeah, I feel like just I like the simplicity, and you know it's easier for me to focus in certain ways and just get really good work done, have really nice routines. Um, yeah, I also a, a part that I you know wouldn't have thought of is you know I have quite a screen heavy and like intellectual and creative type job. It's just you know I work with thoughts and ideas and I create and I have a lot of screen time and for me a nice like a beneficial you know kind of integrative pendulum swing of living this kind of a life is they're just there's regular house and lifestyle maintenance that requires me to use my body more Mm. in a way that was not present in the city like you know chopping wood or like loading wood into the house maintaining the fire um, servicing our toilets in one way or another, you know, one to two, two times per week year round. Like there's just, there's certain things, the compost, different things that, um, yeah, there's like regular maintenance that requires me to lift and twist and move and carry stuff and chop wood. Um, you know, making sure the, the water system has a, has huge bags of salt in it. There's different things. Um, yeah, I, sure in any moments resent like oh can i just have you know water toilets that are simple and no maintenance um yeah i like the just 
yeah, the ongoing counterpoint of like needing to use my body for these chores that I very wouldn't have if we only lived in a major city. Mm-hmm. So I like that. That also made me just think of the other thing I had wanted to say. So I'm glad I remembered, which is that, uh, so we were at the Four Seasons recently when we were in Mexico. And so obviously on the surface, everything looked super luxurious and nice and fancy and uh, very, everything's like very catered to making you happy. And like the beds were so comfy and the sheets were so soft and like all this stuff was just so nice. And someone came into your room a couple times a day and tidied it up and put just made everything super nice. Yeah. And at one point I said to Jordan, because like the first day we got there and I felt like this in more like nicer places a lot where like the first day we got there, I was like, oh, let's just live here for like a month. I wish we could just like, let's just stay for a month. And then as the time, as the days went on, we were only there for six days or something. A week. A week. Full week. Uh, As we got closer to the end of the week. I was kind of like, fine. I found myself starting to wonder, like, what does the underbelly of the Four Seasons look like? Because I started, like, now that I own a house, I I found myself starting to, like, look at different things at the Four Seasons and, like, kind of wondering, like, where where is this vent to? And, like, where is this pipe coming from? And there's a bit of a weird smell here. And I wonder what's kind of buried behind that. And... Uh, how clean is this? Like, when is the last time someone's, like, really serviced this type of thing? And so, uh, and then wondering more, like, are the people cleaning our rooms really happy and lots of different things? What do their living conditions look like? Yeah, and uh, I've found that in a lot of uh, nice places, like, the places are kind of, I was saying to Jordan when we were there, like the places are built to kind of have you feel like you're in a fantasy like a mirage where everything is just perfect and nice and happy uh and but the reality like the longer you spend there it was so similar to it's actually a poem in my book i write about it uh how when uh, i went to my brother and i went to disney world together and we went five days in a row because my sister was playing. We were in Florida and uh, she was playing in a basketball tournament. And so my brother and I didn't want to watch her games. And so my parents said we could go to Disney World. We were like 16 and 18. And we were like thrilled. And it was that same experience where it was like the first two days was so much fun. And then like as it got to the fifth day things just start to break apart a little bit. Like, you are you are more and more aware that you're in this sort of fantasy of, like, like, you could imagine. It's kind of like, like, I also had this experience of, like, going to my favorite restaurant and loving it and then working there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, I got <laughs> hired at my favorite restaurant. That was where I waitressed. And I still love the restaurant after that, but it kind of lost its, like, like, you know now the chefs and the owners and the, like, mean things they say the sometimes. Drama. Yeah, you just, like, it It can ruin it. And uh, I think, I think uh, a lot of, a lot of really nice stuff can be that way. And I think that, um, 
I mean, it's that way with beauty too, right? Like we've talked a lot about Botox and whatever, but like, uh, I don't know if you, you might not have seen, but a popular thing going around at one point was, uh, like hot girls have stomach problems. You might not have heard that. No. That was like a big pip popular thing apparently on TikTok going around that was just like, uh, like why do like, oh my God, all hot girls have stomach problems. And it's like, well, what's underneath that hotness, like all these things that it takes to look so hot is like, not all the time, obviously, but it's like not eating, putting tons of toxic perfume and makeup and then Botox and filler and all these things you just like, it's like what's underneath this sort of portrayed beauty. And I think, um, ah, there's our eagle friends. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that often, um, yeah, I just think about that when it comes to places to live and like, like everything has this sort of other side, no matter how nice it looks, there's always something that's being, um, like there's a con to everything. And I think when it comes to like, for me, like our home, there's just some semblance to me of like, it feels more real and I prefer this over a thing that, um, might appear like cleaner and better, but feels less real. Totally. And, and that's something that I value, you know, not everybody has values in the same sort of order as me. Yeah. We have so much more awareness of the whole system in this type of a house setup, just like you do with our, you know, our relationship to the food that we get. It's like, yeah. I'm aware of every, like, there's the cow. We're drinking your milk. Yeah. You know, it's just like, it's, it's so much more direct. There's no like layers of shrouded mystery of, Oh, well I, I flush and it just goes somewhere. I don't know within the city, I guess. Yeah. We really have so much more awareness and control and influence over all the major systems or close to all the major systems of our home. And yeah, that the four seasons analogy. Yeah. That's how I, you know, at least in the last three years tend to feel when we go back to like a more, you know, like visiting or more cityish living. It's like, yeah, it's fun and exciting to like have the vacation feeling of things are handled again and things are really simple and easy. And, Oh, you just, you call and they do your laundry or you call and they Uber eats you a burger this is the best. Why would I ever not have this? But then a couple of weeks in, yeah, it starts to feel, again, I need a, a different word than soulless, but just, yeah, just more disconnected, more like, just feels like a less honest, connected way of living. Um, but obviously there's pros and cons to both. Yeah. Because like the joy that you have from having more time with your family. And I do like being able to Uber eat Starbucks for breakfast and just like, whatever, I can do this. And it's, this much money, so easy. Of course I'll do that. That's not an option where we live most of the time. So yeah, it is just like these pendulum swings of like, you know, some of this in the mix and then this ingredient and yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting actually when you really think about it because you could extrapolate those across so many things. Like even just thinking about like your iPhone, right? It's like we 
have our phones and they're so great but then like what goes into all of the making of the phone and like who's really working in these factories and what does it look like it's just like you know there is this other side to everything um and i think we do like whether we know it or not we're making those choices every day yeah uh and um there are places, you know, with the phones or with, like, sometimes the clothes, I, like, certain clothes I buy, like, I choose the not knowing. Like, I'm just like, I just want this pretty dress. I don't care where it was made. I don't care what it's in it. Yeah. I just want it because it's pretty. Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, you know, I don't think we can choose to know and be, like, hyper fixated on everything, especially in our modern society. And I like you. Uh, I like you, too. I, comma, like you, comma, uh, feel, I like feeling connected, uh, to what I, where I'm living and what I'm doing. And it is that way, you know, with our, with the toilets, we either have an incinerating toilet, which produces ash that Jordan cleans out and refreshes, um, or we, do the composting system, which we've still been using, uh, partially because it's easier in some ways than the, like, cause you have to get the incinerating toilets serviced, like a chimney being cleaned, uh, multiple times a year, but also cause we kind of enjoyed, like, there's something nice about the composting process, uh, where it was really cool, even though it was really hard. Like, we did that for over a full year. No, almost a full year when we first moved into the house. Mm-hmm. And there were so many things that were really hard about it and annoying and awful. And now we have this most beautiful compost, like our poop turned into compost. And it's just cool. It's like, I I do like being like, wow, we put all that hard work in and we created this thing, like all of this waste, quote unquote waste from our bodies that normally gets like flushed and turned into who knows what, who knows where, um, or goes to like the septic system where it gets pumped out and then taken to that same kind of plant, like whatever happens to it. Uh, I know exactly where it went and I turned it into something more beneficial for the environment. And like, that's cool to feel. And then we can use it and grow tomatoes and, like, you know, turns helps our gardening and yeah. Yeah, full circle. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I think, like, there's so many different, uh, like I said, like, pros and cons and ups and downs and uh, different beneficial things and um, negative things, but... I think for us in making this choice, like we value the positive things enough that it makes it worth the negative things. Um, at least for this season of our life. And uh, I think in like going to visit South Carolina more, we'll kind of strike this balance. And sometimes when I think about like, the negatives of where other people live. I think about how I wouldn't want that, right? Like, yep. um, that price of admission is not worth paying for us. Yeah, like I just I wouldn't want the negatives that come along with a city. I wouldn't want the negatives even that come with being more rural, where like 
you have to drive like 30, 40, 50 minutes to like get to the grocery store. I don't want that. Yeah. No matter how beautiful and quiet and whatever, I just don't want that. <laughs> you know? And so like uh I think it's like as people, what can we deal with and what can we not? Totally. Agreed. Yeah. You wanna wrap it up there? Yeah, almost. I just this is a <clears throat> mild tangent, but I was just thinking I remember I did a couple of sessions with a client years ago, like five plus years ago, who yeah, as we're working together, it was like his dream to like call in, meet, attract a partner. He was straight. So a woman who was just like, you know, drove a Lexus and was just like the quintessential, you know, just playing society rules, you know, blonde, fake boobs, zero wrinkles, you know, fake eyelashes, all the, all the things. And he, within a couple of months, he found and started dating exactly that. And he was like, yeah, like he met her on Instagram. They were messaging. They started dating. She was stoked. It was like a thing. But yeah, within a month of dating, he was like, he was like, this was such an ego goal. He's like, my mind, you know, my insecurity loved the notion of like being seen with a woman of this attractiveness. And he's like, before we can leave before she can leave the house and do anything, it requires whatever it was, like just hours of prep. And he's like, oh, I don't want it that bad. And like this <laughs> this thing actually bothers me. Like just the amount of time that she spent like preparing for each date or like how much time she spent like, you know, taking photos for the Instagram that she upkept while, you know. Yeah, he was just like, okay, like the reality behind this thing is not a price I'm willing to pay because of my whatever, impatience or... um you know, just desire for like spontaneity. Yeah. And yeah. So I think sometimes, and you know, in, in some situations there can be like a try before you buy, like, okay, before you buy a house super early, you know, can you start taking, you know, a few long weekend trips in a geography like this and be like, you know, reality test it. Is this enjoyable? <clears throat> Do I like it less or way more than I thought I would? And then, okay, maybe I can, like, make bigger swings in that direction. But, yeah, there's just, we can, you know, be fairly well-informed and ask people in similar situations what the realities are like. And, yeah, it, it still comes back to, like, self-awareness and price of admission. Who are you really? What are you optimizing for? And are you willing to pay the price and some of the unknown prices that, like, lead to this thing being your default reality? Mm. geographically relationally career this just made me think of two more things go for it <laughs> jordan and i just really have this thing together where i just feel like we could talk just forever together like yep. it just, it won't really end unless we make it end. but it made me think of two more things which is well we didn't talk about the weather at all and a thing i just wanted to note is like i really love the moods of the pacific northwest uh, sometimes in the winter, you know, I might get to a point where I'm like, okay, I'm sick of the gloom, but that's sort of mitigated by us going away. But also, um, I lived for a while in LA. Uh, I like had these fantasies of like, 
what if it was just sunny all the time? And it was sunny all the time. And I was like, I hate this. You know? So that's another aspect. And then what you were just saying made me think of um, is that really it's that way with everything, right? We've been talking more about this in different ways. But it's like that sort of the reality behind something is – like you talk about that a lot in business too, right? Where it's like um, people want – people often want to build a business and they want this like fantasy like how do I just like not work at all and just have a huge business, like make a lot of money and have things that blow up and it's like (laughs) – it's like how did you build your business so it's like well i worked a lot that's the thing they they don't even (laughs) say build because they don't want the building they want the outcome how do i have a business how do i have this outcome how do i how do i get the you know seven figure a year business how do i have the huge following how do i get this thing that i think will like fill this hole in my heart it's like yeah there's a a pretty often passed around meme of exactly this like a three panel thing it's like a guy with a book and the cover just says like how to get rich. And then the second panel is, you know, the book open and it says on the only page is one where it says work. And the third thing is like him with a single tear in his eye. He's <laughs> like, no, it can't be that. But totally. It's like, okay, sure. You can want the outcome. Maybe you want to live rurally and, you know, the notion of sitting cozily wrapped in the arms of your lover in front of the fire is compelling. And will you or your partner Chop and load wood. Will you just, yeah. Yeah. Are you actually willing to pay the price for these things? Because whatever the thing is, geography, relationship, career, it's like, there's any price. Yeah. Like there's Even any. Even if you hire someone to do all that for you, you still have to pay them. Totally. Yeah. So there's, yeah, there's any sacrifice to having the reality of anything. And yeah. Are you down for that or just the like shiny, happy outcome that. Yeah. Makes for a good Instagram post. Yeah. I think people see people like not working very much. Like at a certain level of your business, you could coast for a bit. Totally. But when you have leverage. <laughs> but it's but like, oh, how do I have that? It's like, well, you have to work really hard first. Yeah. Like, and I'll just tell everybody a big secret in the industry, which is that even people talking about like, uh oh everything is just pleasurable and like it's all like all the work is like it's just pleasure work it's all easy and fun and whatever all of that is just an attitude they're still doing work it's just the attitude toward the work that is different that's the only secret in that there's still like you have to there's still a reality of like you have to put in effort like there's sacrifices to be made with everything totally so Agreed. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks to Jordan for coming on. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. It was an absolute pleasure doing this with you. Which, last tiny example, is a micro (laughs) example of that. This is what the last thing you just said. Like, this is super fun and enjoyable. And you are going to edit this podcast episode. Is editing the podcast episode as totally. fun as fun as us do you know having this conversation? I've enjoyed myself over the last hour and ten minutes. Like I love you, I like talking to you. This is fun. This is easy, flowing, aligned. Uh, you know, does not feel like work. And yeah, you or anyone in this case, you will edit this podcast for these people to listen to. It's like so. Even that, even if it's ninety eight percent, two percent, like there's always again. You can say oh limiting belief, uh, whatever, but like. 
there's always going to be at least a 2% sliver of bullshit that's just like, well, this has to happen. Yeah. So th- there is any work supporting the thing. There's and that's, always going to be things that you don't want to do yeah. about anything that you want. Even if just a little tax, it's something. And yeah. that, that's okay. Yeah. No, it's super annoying. I hate editing the podcast. Yeah. I mean, but I don't hate it enough to pay someone else to do it because the time that it would take to like find someone to do it and then have them do it in exactly the way I want them to do it. And it's just not even worth it. It doesn't take me that long, actually. And your standards are such that you want it done at all because you want the, I do want it done You at want all. the intro and outro. You want whatever sound levels. I don't like really do that much editing, as you guys can tell. No, but I do but enough. Any. And then sometimes there's the random episode where like there's a lot of weird background sound and I have to get that out and it takes more time and then I have to click through the episode and be like, why is that sound happening now? It wasn't there before. And so I don't have a standard of perfection in my editing, but I do like, I want the intro to come in at the right time. I just like, and I'd rather just do it myself because it's just, it's, it's easier. Yeah. And, but I, yeah, I don't like that part at all. I do enjoy recording the podcast, but even in that, like, there are some weeks where I'm like, fuck, I still have to do a podcast. Yeah. And like, even <laughs> though the podcast itself is enjoyable when it's like a weekly task, uh, there's still, of course, there's just always going to be uh, some bits where it's like, oh, I really don't feel like doing that this week, even mm-hmm. though it's overall something I want to do. Indeed. I think it's just, it's nicer to normalize that. Yeah. Um, because that's, that's what it takes when having anything that you want is like, there are these pieces and I think sort of, uh, making it look like this nice fantasy of where everything's just always happy and easy and pleasurable is like really a disservice to people because that's just not, that's not reality. It's not life. Yeah. All right. That's all for now. (laughs) And I'll talk to you soon.